Welcome to the Village Oak Tree for February 28, 2024. My name is Terrence O'Donnell, and I'm returning again to your village this week with another controversial topic. So I don't have any interviews scheduled for a bit, so it's going to be just me for now. I'm working on some possible interviewees for future shows, though. Today, I talk about American imperialism and how that makes the U.S. look to the rest of the world. So if you're a first-time viewer or listener, I created a short public service announcement for veterans to be aired midway in the show today. I'm submitting today's show to a veterans radio station in Denver, Colorado, called Military Broadcast Radio, or MBR for, MBR for short, as a demo to see if they like it and will want more. So wish me luck. So let's get into today's show. As I said, I want to talk about American imperialism this week in the wake of the Julian Assange extradition trial in England. This trial is more about the United States and their hubris and thinking they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want, to whomever they want, because they're the United States. They think they can use their money and clout to get away with just about anything. Look at their support for Israel. At first, it was an unwavering support for Israel and their right to defend themselves. Now the flag waving is slowing down as the reports of atrocities and obvious genocide have made their way out of Gaza via Middle Eastern news feeds and governments over there, despite Israel's massive attempts to quash any of that. So did Hamas rape and torture women there? Depends on who you ask. Turns out that the pictures of the beheaded babies was all a lie. What else did the Israelis lie about? A lot, apparently, as they tried very hard to convince the world, especially the U.S., that they were the victims and needed to defend themselves with a massive genocidal campaign to remove all the Palestinians from Gaza and the West Bank if possible and claim the land for themselves. I make this point because the U.S. made a big deal in the news feeds about their support with giving Israel money and munitions. They still are, but now Biden wants, set, wants to set conditions. Doesn't mean a thing for the now tarnished image of the U.S. around the world, though. The damage is already done, especially since they keep blocking ceasefire resolutions in the U.N. The most likely reason is that the conditions for the ceasefire don't favor U.S. interests. And that's where the imperialism comes in. The U.S. has been guilty of imperialism and war crimes dating back as far back as the first time their military left to go beyond their shores. Think of Thomas Jefferson and the Barbary Pirates. You should look that up in your history books if you can find a book that'll tell you the real story. These crimes are always committed under the umbrella of national security. Those two words allow countries to do bad things to protect themselves and their interests. Expansionism in the case of Russia and China and claiming to be the world's police force for the United States. Being the peacemaker, dealmaker between adversaries allows the U.S. to sneak in and make under-the-table agreements for countries' resources while supplying them with military equipment, advisors, and other commodities that the U.S. has to sell, always to their advantage, of course. Just this last week, Secretary of State Blinken was in Argentina making deals with the new El Presidente. That's how they operate, sneak in undercover, mostly, and undercut the competition. In this case, it's for raw minerals to, minerals to make lithium batteries, which Argentina seems to have an abundance of. The United States is just as much of a colonizer as their predecessors in Europe. They just keep it on the down low until something happens. After the Spanish-American War of 1898, 
the U.S. found themselves responsible for several former Spanish colonies, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Cuba, and others. After World War II, the U.S. also acquired colonies in the South Pacific, which they still look after, sort of, Guam, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, and so on. The only reason they have been in the news lately is because the U.S. started reneging on their obligations to these territories, and the local governments raised a ruckus because their needs weren't being met. Some of them reached out to China for their economic and security needs. Of course, China was all about stepping in to fill the gap. Didn't that make the U.S. Warhawks scream and jump up and down? And they still are. The biggest reason I'm telling you all this is because a large portion of the United States citizens don't know they have colonies and territories to take care of. Now, everybody knows about Puerto Rico, but the rest, yeah, maybe not so much. Because the U.S. decided to move into places in the 1950s to push against the communists and prevent them from taking over the world, they built up quite a reputation for helping other countries with their security issues. At first, it was selling leftover military surplus right after World War II. Then the corporate tycoons got involved and built up the military-industrial complex to manufacture and supply weapons and equipment to anyone who would buy. Then U.S. military defense companies got a bright idea. Since their products were now so popular with every tin-pot dictator or wannabe authoritarian leader, they could control the flow and only sell to approved buyers, such as the rebel groups fighting the communists or anyone else who favored U.S. interests. And that's going back to the 1980s when we were doing bad things in South America. Once they started doing that, the military defense contractors started making money hand over fist. During the Vietnam War, the U.S. government was complicit in millions of dollars of defense contracts going to special people while taking campaign bribes underneath the table. Then there was a brilliant idea to force other countries to only use American dollars to trade with, making the U.S. even richer and more powerful. It's worked for a while, but that idea is starting to unravel now. A few countries are starting to trade with other currencies, including their own, which, if enough countries do that, could bankrupt the United States. The graph continued through the Cold War days and into George W. Bush's disastrous expeditions to Afghanistan and Iraq. They were handing out defense contracts like candy. This is what President Eisenhower warned everyone about way back in the early 1950s. There was the obvious new ones for military technology, a lot of research and development on projects that turned out to be a waste of money. Then there were the infrastructure projects designed to win the local people's hearts and minds overseas. The U.S. wasted billions of dollars on defense contractors who were supposed to be rebuilding infrastructure in Iraq, but took the money and scammed the government. Some of them got caught, but most of them not. Which is what my Army Reserve Unit was called up to do in 2002. I was with the U.S. Army Reserve Unit that was sent over to Afghanistan to help rebuild the country. We went over there about three months after 9-11. We went over there to help the local people get back on their feet after the Russians and the Taliban and nearly destroyed everything. At least that's what we were told anyway. Turned out they were doing just fine without us. They have survived to turn away every army since Alexander the Great. When we submitted project specs to rebuild their basic infrastructure, such as clean running water, electricity, and sewage, we were told that the State Department wouldn't pay for that because the American public didn't care about those things. They didn't make good PR for the U.S. voters. The Americans would only support projects like new schools and medical clinics. 
our biggest project was this grain storage facility. We got the okay to hire and supervise the rebuilding of the facility because it was how they paid the government workers with grain allotments. They don't get paid money over there. But clean water, electricity, sewage, something they had before the Russians came, yeah, not so much. After learning that, I started asking questions about what we were doing over there and got a good talking to for not being a team player. We also guested some American reporters while we were there, and I was told by one of them that we were only allowed to report on certain topics for their editors. Humanitarian projects and human interest stories and so on. When I asked about why they weren't reporting about the Taliban in remote areas of the province or the factional fighting, they told me, yeah, they weren't allowed to report on those things. So much for freedom of the press. In 2003, George W. Bush told the Washington Post and a couple of other mainstream news companies that they weren't allowed to report on certain things regarding the invasion of Iraq. He would bring down the weight of the government if they didn't comply. And it wasn't about the location of military units in theater either. It was something altogether different, which I didn't look up for this broadcast today. But I remember it really it had nothing to do with military stuff. The citizens of the United States do not actually have the freedoms laid out in the Bill of Rights Amendment. They certainly have more freedoms than a lot of other countries do, but a lot less than their Western European counterparts. It looks good on paper, but that's all it is. If the government decides that you're doing something they don't like, those freedoms will disappear quickly, and so could you if you do something they really don't like. Such is the case with Julian Assange, the actual leaker, and then PFC Manning, did do time for his, now her, actions, but not that much compared to others, especially those convicted of espionage as Russian or Chinese assets. They had a Chinese asset here recently go to jail. Meanwhile, Julian Assange, an Australian citizen who only published heavily redacted documents publicly and only after certain American news media published the unredacted versions, has become the most dangerous man on the earth, according to the CIA. And he was just a publisher. Did the American news corporations get punished for publishing stories? Not so much. A slap on the hand at most. This is the United States of America. They do as they please and thumb their noses at the rest of the world. They commit war crimes and crimes against humanity with impunity. Individual soldiers do get punished for committing war crimes, but that's just media smoke to make everyone look the other way while the government, using their well-trained and best-equipped military, bully other countries into submission and commit crimes right out in the open. When anyone says anything, they're threatened with sanctions, including media corporations, or told, too bad, so sad. The largely forgotten detainees in Guantanamo, Cuba, are a good example. Quite a few of them have been sent back to their countries as broken men, or a couple of them even returned to being terrorists. Now, I can't imagine why they would do that. I can't, you know... They, they must think the United States is such a really great place. Those that left will languish down. Those that are left down there in Guantanamo will, will languish down there until they die. The U.S. wants the world to forget about what they did to them that violates the Geneva Convention, not to mention basic human rights. How is the U.S. any different than Saudi Arabia for their killing of Jamal Khashoggi? By declaring them terrorists, George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, and Dick Rumsfeld told the world, screw you, we don't care. We're the U.S., we can do whatever we want, such as torture and imprisonment, with no trial or charges brought, and no one can do anything about it. This is what the beacon of, beacon of freedom looks like in the United States. 
a country split between a demographic that only wants Christian Caucasians living there, or at least being citizens. Everyone else is considered lesser humans to be treated as such. And the other side of the divide that wants more humane policies on equal civil rights, immigration, gun control, infrastructure repairs, and other decent common sense tax expenditures. The United States is no different than Russia or China or anyone else when it comes to human rights violations. They just hide it all behind a big American grin with a gun and a pair of handcuffs hidden behind their back. The Americans in power want to keep to continue to be the big dogs of the world and will do most anything to keep it that way. Violating human rights, stealing stuff from other countries, blocking trade items, the current microchip disaster with China, so their competitors can't access them, and so on. Joe Biden is just as bad as the rest. He just hides it a little better. A majority of the American legislatures and judicial officials are on the take in one fashion or another. And the corporations own them now because they took their handouts in order to get elected and continued after they were in office. Look at the federal Supreme Court justices and all they've been in the news here lately for all their graft. There is no more government of the people, for the people, by the people anymore. It's no wonder U.S. citizens are angry. They just don't know who to be angry with, so they take their anger out on whoever is president. They were smart. They would recall all those grifters in Congress, impeach the justices, both at the state and federal level, and elect new ones who will do right by the people who voted for them. We all know that will never happen, unless another George Santos gets elected. Look how long it took them to get rid of him. United States is in big trouble now. They know it, but it's being kept under wraps as much as possible. Their credibility is disappearing faster now since the row about supporting Israel so fervently. And this latest issue in the world news about Julian Assange. This business about the extradition hearings is being given limited coverage in the U.S., but it's become a decent-sized news story in the U.K. and Europe. Remember what I said before. The United States does not have freedom of the press anymore. Not since George W. Bush, and probably even before that. It's getting worse now. Journalists are not allowed to report about Israel's genocidal campaign or the humanitarian crisis that's unfolding. How much coverage has anyone seen of the extradition trial? Look how much the situation in Ukraine has become a back burner news item. And, you know, and until here lately, with this business with the Republicans holding up funding um, over the border and all that kind of stuff. Now. They're not paying much attention to Ukraine in itself. All they're paying attention to is the lack of funding. So instead, the U.S. citizenry is being force-fed news of illegal immigration, crimes that may have been committed by illegal immigrants, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, or actors' award ceremonies. Without freedom of the press to investigate wrongdoings by the government and government not allowing the people to have a say in what their government's doing, democracy just becomes another word in the dictionary something the citizens would like to have, but they don't. Unknown to its citizens, the United States is very close to admitting that they are not much of a democracy anymore, but a republic. Think of the Roman Empire. Roman Empire. They went from a democracy to a republic, and look how they turned out. If the extreme right-wing politicians take over the government institutions in 2025, the U.S. can kiss what democracy they have goodbye. The extreme elitists are winning for now. Those few elected leaders in government who still believe in the American experiment are dwindling more and more. They are retiring out of frustration or being chased out. Their voices seldom heard anymore. The average voter is starting to realize that 
They don't have much of a voice anymore either. Whole demographics are being blocked from voting, such as younger generations not having voting places close to where they live, go to university, or work. Black people and Latinos are being held by betro- held back by draconian ID laws meant to curb the, curb the poorest from voting. Gerrymandering voter districts in favor of one political party, a Supreme Court that lets them get away with it, unless it is really blatant like the recent scuffle on Alabama, which still, as far as I know, is unresolved. Some places are starting to take things back from these crooks, such as in Wisconsin. But in other states, they're giving the Supreme Court the raspberry and daring them to do something about it. What should worry the citizens of the United States is electing a president in the fall along with a matching extremist political party in Congress. And they changed the democratic process into an authoritarian one and roll back even more civil rights. I told everyone about Project 2025 in a previous podcast. If enacted, it spells doom for the American experiment. Donald Trump's claim that he will be a dictator for a day as soon as he takes his hand off the Bible in January should be heeded. We all know that himself and his cronies are already planning to fire nearly everyone that works for a federal agency under a special executive order to be replaced by his loyalists. His speech at the CPAC conference last week tells everyone exactly what he plans to do. He has said this numerous times at his rallies. People need to listen. Think about what I've just said as I take a break. Listen to this veterans public service announcement and I'll be back in a minute. I want to take a minute to tell any veterans out there who may be watching or listening to this show, or a dependent who may be living with a veteran who may be struggling, but they don't want to reach out because of the stigma attached. I will tell you that I have been there, and I struggled for a few years before my I was more or less forced into seeking help from a local veterans center. It changed my life. Not before I lost another family, but at least I didn't end up on the street or in jail, which I came close to. Look at the posters I have showing and take down the numbers shown. 988, then press 1. Text 838-255. Or go to veteranscrisisline.net forward slash chat to talk to someone. It's all confidential and they're open 24-7. Whatever's going on with you, they can help. I know that the counselors I reached out to gave me my life back. Someone here can do the same for you or your loved one. Help with just one phone call, text, or or chat away. If someone needs help, don't hesitate any longer. Make the call that could save save someone's life. Welcome back. Let me wrap this up for you today and try to give everyone a sense of where the American, average American citizen fits into all of this. American imperialism, imperialism is rampant all over the world. It has been for many, many years. They like it that way, so they'll not be making any changes anytime soon no matter who gets into the Oval Office next January. The American elite will tear the country apart before they let anyone change the current status quo. It's much easier to remake the country using the National Guard and loyal police into the image they want rather than let the people have a say in their government again. Don't think for one moment, Americans, that you live in a free country. You're only free as long as you do as you're told and don't make any trouble. Do you have some freedoms? Yes, you do but only the ones your government says you can have. Freedom of speech is limited. Freedom of the press is nearly gone. Freedom to travel across state lines is okay as long as you're not pregnant and have the appropriate ID papers in certain states. Freedom to love whom you wish, again, location dependent. Religious freedoms, again, 
location dependent. The right to vote, that's dependent on your ethnic and economic background in certain states. You get the picture here? Your freedoms are dependent on where you live in the U.S. This is why the United States is failing. What will the landscape look like if the US, in the U.S. if democracy fails? That depends on the citizens. If they stand up in large masses, the new MAGA government will put down the insurrections using military force. If everyone behaves themselves and the transition is a peaceful one with minimal protests, life will carry on until the changes are implemented. By then, it will be too late for anyone to do anything anymore. If you think the U.S. is an imperialistic nation now, it will be much worse if the oligarchs take over and start pushing their weight around the world even more. Russia is the current example, although that's not working out quite as they planned. Tyrants don't care what people think. All they care about is what's good for them and theirs. Can you imagine a Trump dynasty style after North Korea? Can you imagine what the U.S. would look like if one of Trump's sons took over after his father dies? This is a hypothetical scenario, but think about it. It is not hard to imagine this happening if he gets elected again. American imperialism is a reality. All anyone has to do is break out an American history book to see what I'm talking about. Unless you live in one of those states where our American history books that actually offer the truth that have been banned now. The U.S. has military bases all over the world under the guise of protecting their allies. The conditions of this protection are like the old gang protection rackets, rackets most of us heard of, at least those of us of the older generations. They pay the U.S. for protection, and the U.S. builds bases and brings in their arrogant troops. There are also other considerations, like resources and favorable trade agreements. Got to keep those corporate CEOs happy. Politicians can't get reelected without them. When a military member gets into legal trouble, depending on who they are, the U.S. overrides the status of forces agreements made with that country and brings the individual home. Now, he may face justice here in America, but overseas, not so much. Never mind that the crime was committed on foreign soil. So all these troops expect that their country will bail them out when they commit crimes, such as rape, theft, murder, and so on. Doesn't happen very often. But it was a big deal in Okinawa not too long ago when Marines were raping young women and hurting people. They still want the U.S. to close up shop and go home. Same in the Middle East. The Iraqis want the Americans gone. So it is nearly everyone else over there. The Americans have too many national security interests over there to, for that to happen, all being the biggest priority. Why do you think George W. Bush invaded Iraq in 2003? He wanted to be a wartime president. Hot doing daddy dearest. His cronies needed the war to save their oil companies and defense contracts. How do you think Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney got to be the vice president? Now look how that turned out. A win for the corporations and a huge loss for the average American citizen when they put, up the, nation, put the national debt way up into the trillions. Let's talk about American class structure. At the top of the food chain are the billionaires who want to rule the world. In this case, the United States. They don't want to be president or congress members or anything. They want to be the ones telling everyone what to do. They want to control the government so they can keep making more money, more money at the expense of the average citizen. Then there are the rich elitist politicians. They get elected by convincing enough people to vote for them, using rich donors to fund their campaigns. Then they become beholden to these rich donors, so favors need to be returned. Does this sound a little bit like a, a mafia movie? After that, we have the average middle to high income earners. 
the people who earn six-figure salaries, live in big suburban houses, drive imported cars. You know how they are. We see them at the malls and the high-end shops buying their luxury items while looking down at the rest of us as if we're beneath them. Although they don't swim in the same circles as the ultra-wealthy, they want to very badly, going to best posh parties and all the other stuff. The rest fit into the middle class and lower tiers. They struggle to make ends meet. They rail against the government for raising the prices of our daily basics, such as food, shelter, and clothing. The kids have to deal with the entitled bullies in school. Job salaries barely meet needs and are one hospital, bay, hospital bill from losing it all. The poor are even worse, not making salaries to meet basic daily needs and struggling to put decent food on the table three times a day. A lot of times not. There are kids depending on school meal programs to keep from starving. It's these folks who are, in the, who are in the biggest demographic in the U.S. now. And they're the ones who are chanting at Trump rallies for him to give them a better life. We all know he isn't going to, but they still believe. It's these grifters and con men that keep these people, that these people keep electing because they're so desperate. And these are the same grifters and con men who are in Washington and state offices taking tax money and not doing the jobs they were elected to do. All they are doing is fighting amongst themselves over who's in charge and not governing much of anything. It's in this mess that the U.S. finds itself now, unable to take care of its citizens or the country itself. Infrastructure is failing, and more and more citizens are becoming homeless as the corporations buy up all available properties, raise the rents too high for the middle to poor citizens to afford. The Federal Congress isn't doing anything for anyone outside of the country either stalling war funds for Ukraine and Israel, although they could pass on Israel right now and make a lot of people happy. Not taking care of the country's territorial obligations is making these territories reach out to someone else for their needs, such as China and the Pacific region. Trump and company want to pull out of NATO to save money, secure the southern border using wartime methods, likely authorizing shooting anyone trying to cross somewhere they're not supposed to. If the MAGA people take over the country in 2025, Civil rights will dwindle even more. The United States hasn't done much for their allies since the 1960s, unless there was something in it for them. It's all about the money. It's even worse now, and the greed of its leaders will be the downfall of the American experiment. If you want to know the true source of most of the problems in the United States, follow the money trail all the way to the top. So that's all I have for everyone this week. I hope I've given you all who watch or listen to this something to think about as you go about the rest of your week ahead. Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it and you'll return again for another episode of the Village Oak Tree. Please share this podcast with your friends and relations. The more you share, the more we can convince enough people to make the world a better place to live in. As a Shauna Key, I hope you will continue to let me travel to your village to bring some news from the world outside that might make you think a little bit after we part for the day. So say goodbye this week. I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day. May the saddest day of your future be no worse than the happiest day of your past. Shlonga which means goodbye for now in Irish. <laughs>